thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through his word. Thy praise confess, yea, of thy word, my tongue would sing, yea, of thy word, my tongue would sing, for thy commands are righteousness. Greetings this Lord's Day. This Father's Day, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Greetings. You know, I'm not a Hallmark card company teacher, and I don't normally follow their lead in my Sunday messages. But today, they may not know it, but they got it right. Today, indeed, is Father's Day. Can we say thanks be to God? You know, David understood that as we actually we've been listening to Francis Schaeffer in our house quite a bit and lately and uh, he talks about God being a personal God. And if you listen to this philosopher talk, you know, maybe you're you miss out what he's talking about. But God isn't a distant, untouchable entity. He's our father. Amen? David understood God was his father when he wrote these words from Psalm 103, our call to worship. And he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives our iniquities. He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. And He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. What a benefit to have God as a Father. Amen? Amen. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. That He has made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful. Gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our own sins, or rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. And as far as the east is from the west so far, hath He removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are a grass, and as the flower of the field he flourishes. For the wind passes over, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. 
to such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commands to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let us pray today to the Father of lights. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day that it is indeed your day. And we come forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on to those things which are before. Lord, those things that might have been gained to us, Lord, our lineage, our our fatherhood, uh, our, our predecessors, oh God, we count them but refuse. Lord God, That we might be found in you not having any of those benefits. But that we come to you as the fatherless children we were. And you have received us and adopted us and called us by your holy name. Given us a place in your family. And oh God you have not stopped there. But you have sent your spirit to change us. To draw us near to you and to make us holy. Like you are holy. Lord do that today again. Speak to us. We long to hear your voice. Change us. Feed us from heaven that we might be like you. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Remain standing for a moment as we read our text from Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. My sermon today is called Our Father's Day. Text Luke 11, 11 through 13. If the Son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for it a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Let us pray. Lord, we so much want to hear from you today. Lord, as we go into your word, Lord, I certainly know what you have dealt with me about. I pray, Lord God, that I could communicate with the people of our church the message today, our Father's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Every father I know who, uh, who's here, and most every father I know, loves their children. And they want nothing more than to help them to have a good life. And if children were wise and they understood this, they could certainly take um, full advantage of this situation in the best way. Honestly, I was telling the men upstairs, upstairs here, the men, uh, I was telling them up here on the pulpit earlier, that I was sort of dreading uh, preaching a Father's Day message today because I've been feeling a little bit discouraged about uh, myself as a father and no it's not because I chase them around and beat them over the head or you know I go I drink all night and come home you know after I spend all of my paycheck nothing like that 
Um, but I'm not really the dad I had wanted to be in lots of ways. And you know what? I don't think that really maybe is such a bad thing. I'm glad, probably glad I wasn't the dad I wanted to be. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. I hadn't planned to do this, but I'll tell you a little story about how bad of a dad I am. You guys want to hear this? I'm sure, I'm sure my wife is really looking forward to this. Um, anybody ever have to help your kids get their driver's license? Anybody ever, wait till this comes, Bill. You're going to really, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so I really, really let Elizabeth down. And uh, I did not take her to practice. And um, I took her some, but not really that much. And, and, and I knew I really had let her down. And it was so bad to go. And, and we made the appointment in advance, you know. And so we drive down to the place. And I was feeling discouraged as well because I had to take her in somebody else's car. I had to borrow Andy's car because my windshield was broken. And I'm like, I'm so bad of I'm so bad of a father, I can't even get a vehicle that will pass inspection to take my daughter to, for her driver's test. I mean, I was really feeling bad. And so I go down there, and because I took her to very, practice very little, she failed the, uh, the driver's test. In fact, the guy says to her, I'm not going to take you on to the next phase of the test because I don't want anyone to get hurt. Okay. <laughs> And so my daughter's crying, and uh, I know she doesn't like me to tell these kind of stories, but I honestly, I'm just going, I'm the worst dad ever, okay? Now, you may, not, you may not understand this yet. Your kids aren't old enough, but you'll understand what being the worst dad ever feels like at some point, I hope. So, so then I take her again, and I'm still not able to get a vehicle that will, uh, that will work and uh, pass inspection, and I go... And I borrow Andy's car again, and the uh, she gets in the car with the policeman, and I'm I'm like praying, I'm like videotape. If you, if you guys want to see, I videotaped myself. Okay, I, I've never shown this to anybody, but I'm like, oh God, like please help my daughter today. I feel like I really let her down. And she gets in the car, and I am already mad. I'm like, if that officer says anything mean to my daughter, I don't care if he's wearing a badge. I'll be a good dad, and I'll whoop this guy right in front of her. I'll show her her daddy cares about her. All right. Now, I wasn't actually going to whip a police officer, but I was feeling these kinds of feelings, okay? Uh, and if he had said something to her in front of me, well, you, you never know. So, she gets in the car, Jason, and I'm watching very closely, and I'm looking to see, is he saying something mean to my daughter? Because I'm about to run over that car, you know? I'm, I'm feeling the protection. I haven't done the provision. I didn't provide her with lessons or anything, but... You know, uh, well, I, well, I actually did. Uh, she did go through the course or whatever, but but I didn't provide her with the lessons I thought she could use, and so she's. But but I'm going to provide her with protection, right? So she gets in the car, and I'm feeling very protective, and she pulls up to the cones, and the car just stops and just sits there, and then it just kind of goes off to the edge, and I'm like, that's it. He said something mean to her. I'm I'm walking over there. I'm I'm preparing what I'm going to say. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at her. She's coming out. She's like, Dad, the car ran out of gas. So I'm really feeling like a bad dad. How would you feel, Tim? So I was feeling so bad as a dad that I'm like, that's it. And I go over and I go over to the place. And AutoZone is right there. And I, I pick up the one-gallon gas container off the shelf. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm good enough, Dad, to have a card. And I'll just lay that. I'll buy this, whatever. And they go, $16. And I'm like, $16. And at this point... 
I was even worse of a dad because I was not real happy. I didn't buy that gas can. Uh, and I explained in, in a real nice way, didn't I, honey, uh, why I wasn't going to buy that gas can. And does this sound like, does this sound like a, a great Father's Day? It's a bad day for me. We ended up getting some gas. You know, it all worked out. But I let myself, I get these imaginations of what a good dad's going to be in. I get discouraged about the dad that I actually am. And I, I was really having a hard time. I mean, Steve, have you ever let your kids down that bad? Probably not. Not in the last week. Not in the last week, okay. But then I remembered what God's word has to say about it. I mean, most discouragement that comes my way can be remedied with the Bible. You know, Uh, God has not called us to be perfect fathers. He's not called us to be the fathers that we imagine that we could be, Steve. I mean, Steve, if you're like me, you love your kids. You want the best for your kids. And you probably feel like a dirty dog about half the time. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I feel, okay? Now, as true as it is that fathers in general want the best for their children, most fathers, Luke was telling me up here, they feel they, they fall short in this important work. And there, But there are a few men. I've met a few men who think they're pretty good dads. And, um, you know, they know how it's done and they're getting it done. But I, I have a message for them too today. There's only one good father. Everybody say that. There's only one good father. There's only one father who loves his children perfectly, who hears and can answer all of their prayers, and who can provide what they really need. In fact, did you know that you, as fathers, are the answer to their prayer and to their need? God prepared you, Steve, to be the perfect father of Nevaeh. And Caden and Jeremiah and Sophie and the, uh, down the line. All, you know. God gave them the perfect dad for them and you. Now, we have a hard time with this because we want to be that. We want to be that dad. We want to be as good as God actually is. And we're just not. This should not be as discouraging as it is. It should call us to be thankful for God's mercy. There's only one day, there's only one father like that, and today is his day. Our Father, which art in heaven. We call it the Lord's Day, but, you know, we could call it Father's Day every single week. We could get together and we could say, greeting on this Father's Day, on our Father's Day, couldn't we? Because it is the Lord's Day. Hallowed be his name. I wanted to be the kind of dad who... Children hallowed his name, who they listened to as if he were the greatest, wisest man. That's the kind of dad I want to be. And I've made it hard for my kids to feel that way about me. My kids love me, but my kids don't look at me the way I wanted them to. And and don't feel too bad for me because where this sermon is going, it's okay. Okay? Man, Mark's making the confession on what a bad dad he is. I'm no worse dad than any one of you. In fact, I'm probably better than half of you as a dad. You're really bad, okay? I'm, 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 a, I'm bad, but I mean, you know, not bad as some of you, probably, right? All right. Now, 
This weekly Father's Day, we are allowed to stop working our normal work, right? We don't have to, uh, we don't have to break out of banking today, you know. We don't have to, uh, you know, fix the world's communication and entertainment needs. Or, or we don't have to, you know, take care of washing their windows. We don't have to do that today. But do you know today's also a break, Andy, from the work of, of fathering. We can take a little break from that as well. And remember that it is our Father's Day. That our goal in our life is not to be the greatest dad, but our our goal in life is to point our children to the one father they will always have. The one father who will not let them down, who will not fail to take them to practice their driver's test. The one God who will not fall short of everything that they need. That's That one father isn't you. And in fact, probably the better dad you are when you do let them down, You're really detracting. I mean, John was great. John the Baptist was great. But he understood something. That when Christ came, it was his role to what? I must decrease that he might increase. You know, being a really, really, really good dad and making our kids honor you and love you and respect you and follow you and think you're the greatest. That really works out good for you. But that's not the goal of our job as fathers. God is calling us. To lead our children to the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen? That's what James tells us in his epistle. You see, Father's work, our Father's work is never done, but but our work's done. And today, you don't have to worry about being a father. Today, we can focus on the fact, you know, Patrick here, who God's going to give these to, Lord willing, it's all going to, it's going to be a new challenge for your family, right? But you know what? You don't have to think, okay, how can I be the perfect dad for him? You could say, you know what? He's already got one of those. I get to be the temporary, the fill-in. I get to fill. I get to do some of the things. But, but ultimately, God loves Patrick. And God is Patrick's father. It's like being a shepherd in a church. You know, as we can get depressed that you're not so great at it. But, you know, our job is really just to be a shepherd who leads them to the shepherd the good shepherd. Now, my prayer and my gift and hope today is to call fathers to rest in the strength of our Heavenly Father who never sleeps. He never slumbers. His arm is never weary. My aim today is to lift up your feeble hands and hang down, burdened with what you see as failure by your own hands. I'd like to stand beside you as Aaron and her holding up your hands. And watching God prevail. Fathers, I do not need to encourage you to do your best. I know that most of you are, but I am here to encourage you that your best will be and that your best is enough. This should not slacken your hand or keep you from giving discipline or instruction or it shouldn't make you try any less hard to be a good example to your children, but it shouldn't make your work so much lighter. You know, when I was trying to understand the work of salvation, I used to go out and go out and I used to like work myself to death and and I was feeling like I was letting the world down by not saving people. And I came to understand that it's God that does that, right? And then all of a sudden I could go out and I could enjoy people. I could talk to them. I could could not, you know, bemoan that I didn't say the right words. I didn't come out with the right argument. We were talking about this the other day. On my little back porch with Steve. Steve's like, man, I just want to have those words to say. 
those answers. But the deal is, Steve, you know what God's Word says? It says, you know what? Take no thought what you might say. That our Father in Heaven will fill our mouths with the words to say. We trust in God when it comes to people's salvation, do we not? But could we rest today that He is the Father of our children? None of us would argue that there is any earthly father who has ever worked justification into the lives of any of our children. Right? Have you saved any of your kids, Andy? Do you get up and go, you know what? It's time that Geneva is covered. And I'm just going gonna, to gonna open up my arm a little bit and pour a little bit of my blood over her and she's going to be all right. Is, did, does that ever happen? Nope. Nobody's ever confused with that. In fact, that's almost silly. Right? But yet, somehow, somehow, we've gotten a little confused. None of our efforts have ever brought life from the dead sinners that our children are. And that they would be without the divine spark that only comes from God. None of us would be so foolish as to believe that His blood can wash the stains of sin off of His children. But this is not the work that needs to be done in our children's lives. We are as helpless to accomplish this work as we are to secure their adoption by God. I'm so glad, Andy, we covered that question last week. I've been thinking about it all week long. What do we get? We get justification. We get adoption. We get sanctification. And I really think that sometimes we think that, well, God does the justifying part, but we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll work on the adoption part, and then we'll work on the sanctification part, and we'll, we got it from there. But I'm telling you, God's Word teaches us that it's all His work. We are helpless to accomplish this work as we are to secure their adoption by God into His holy family, and we cannot by our hands of clay do the Spirit's work of sanctification God indeed mysterious allows us to be a part of these amazing works, but they are still his works. To be plain today, what I'm saying is that God alone can save. He is he who can make us his children and can transform us into his likeness. Pastor Charles Spurgeon, quoting a famous verse of his time, said this. He was talking about what it means to be the child of God. He said, this world is ours and worlds to come. Earth is our lodge and heaven our home going into this soliloquy then he says this he said are there crowns they are mine if i be an heir are there thrones are there dominions are there harps and palm branches and white robes are there glories that the eye have not seen is there music that the ear has not heard all of these are mine if i be a child of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him or we shall see him as he is Talk of princes, kings, potentates, their inheritance is but a pitiful foot of land across which a bird's wing can direct its flight. But the broad acres of the Christian cannot be measured by eternity. He is rich without a limit to his wealth. He is blessed without a boundary to his bliss. All this and more than I can enumerate involves in our being able to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, not only are we God's children, But we are fathers, our children are God's children. Matthew and Luke record these same words that I started my text with. I'll read to you Matthew's. Matthew says in Matthew chapter 7, he says in verse 7, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall. Knock and it shall be. Open unto you, for everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. 
The imperatives to ask, seek, and knock were given in the context that God, our Father, calls us to come to Him for all of our needs. This helps us remember where all of our needs come from. God wants us to ask Him, seek Him, knock on His door, for we all need. And like the good Father, He can answer the door. Verse 9 says, What man is there among you whose son asks for bread? Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give things to them that ask Him? Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Jesus was appealing to us to do our best to answer other men's prayers, to be the answer for what they're looking for, to be the one who opens the doors and welcomes them in. But we often do get to do this work, but it's still God's work. Sometimes we can't find it in ourselves to do it, and when this comes, God still gets the work done. It should not cause us to despair. He is not like us. He is not weak. He's never late. He's never short on fun, short of wisdom, lacking in discipline like we are. Our accuser, though, is very crafty. He likes to discourage us. You know, the devil has no power to do anything. He can't, he can't come over to our homes and he can't take power over us. He can't come into us where the Holy Spirit lives and overtake us. But you know what he can do? He can go, Tim, you know, you know your efforts really aren't paying off. You're really, you're really doing a bad job. You, you know, really, you should just you should throw in the towel. I mean... You should go off and just join a rock band or something. You know, I mean, you should just, you know, all this stuff doesn't, I mean, in fact, God saves them anyway. I mean, what are you, what are you doing to your, you know, that's what he does. I don't know. Has any dad ever gotten discouraged? Come on. I'd like to see if, if you have been discouraged that you are like, man, I do. You see, God's Word admonishes us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And He adds this on the end, knowing, if I say knowing, that our labors are not in vain. Now, how can it be? How can it be that we should know that our labors are not in vain unless the one who can, who begins the work, really can do what? Then He can finish it. God's Word doesn't return void, right? And the work that we do is never in vain. It is God's work. He has supernaturally enabled us to do these things. And we work all that we can work. And as Heath said, and I'm I'm so glad that God speaks to Heath. He put it right in the prayer. He's like, you know, where he said, we just do our best and God does the rest. I know it rhymes, but it's true. Some of us don't believe this. And so we agonize and we fret and we go, we say to ourselves, Man, I wish I could do this better and I want to do this more and I'm not doing this good enough and I'm feeling and the devil wants you to be discouraged and sad and then all you are is a sad and discouraged dad and that's no good. We should take heart in the fact that it doesn't matter. Maybe all you have, you know, Andy, Andy cannot lift as much as I can lift. Maybe maybe after my surgery, maybe you can, right? But so what? Andy lifts what he can lift, and God lifts the rest. Does that make any sense? God gives us a job to do, and He gives us what we have. I don't have the resources that oftentimes Andy has had throughout his life. So what? God has given me what He's given me. 
I may have a heritage that you don't have. Maybe, maybe your father wasn't the godly father that mine was. My dad was a good dad. I remember every Sunday morning, my dad would have to turn on music and he's singing all over the house. And he's getting us up and he's taking us to church. I remember my dad was teaching Bible studies on a chart in the corner of my living room. Day in and day out to strangers and people that we met everywhere in the world. I loved it. Maybe you didn't have a dad like that. That's all right. You've always had a father in heaven. Amen. You've always had a father who can help you do with whatever you have. You may say, oh, I don't really have a lot to call on. I just started. I'm new. I'm a, I'm a first generation. Yeah. That's all you have. That's all right. That's enough. You don't have to lament what you don't have. You can glory in the fact of what he has. Amen. He lets us be a part of his work because he loves us. And he's promised to share his glory. Even our pitiful attempts at parenting are, when they are effective, it's, it's like this. You know, uh, we've been moving a lot of stuff in and out of our house lately. And Liam sees the boys and they're all lifting and I'm letting, you know, even get and bow help and whatever. And so we're like carrying, you know, a washing machine and Liam's like, yeah, I want to help. Has anybody ever had this experience? Liam wants to help carry uh, a washing machine. All right. Now, how many know that Liam, no matter what, is not only not going to help uh, carry this washing machine, but he doesn't have the strength to do it. And really, his helping is kind of actually going to get in the way. How, how many have you experienced this with your kids? But you love your kids. And what do you want to do, Bill? What do you do? You let them help. Right. And so they get it. You know, Liam gets a hold of the washing machine. Yeah. And so I'm like trying not to step on it, you know, or whatever. I'm not, I'm not carrying a washing machine, but, but, but you know what I'm saying? You're, you, you, you're, you're like, you're like, oh yeah, you got it. You know, you're, you're like letting a little weight go on his hand and he's carrying. Folks, that's so much more like what our parenting is like than you probably understand. God lets us think we're carrying the machine. He, he lets us think that we are parenting, you know, uh, you're, you're raising these kids. I mean, you know, in fact, we could do a seminar on how to do it. I mean, you know, we're going to show people the way to do it, right? Look, we're going we're to write it all down and we're going to let you know the very best way to raise children. And we're going, because we, we know, we look at our kids, look how great they are. I told my wife, I said, the greatest cure God ever gave me for, for being foolish enough to believe that there's a universal way is by the kids he gave me. They're all so different that to say something like, you know, this is what makes women happy or this is what brings up children the best way, it's kind of silly. God hasn't called it that way. God's called us as husbands to, to love our wives, not women in general or wives in general or raise our children as though children are just some subcategory, you know. No. Our children are specific human beings. And what it takes to bring up Titus in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is may not be Toby or, or Beniah or Elise or, or Lydia. If they're going to be different. And so you can't, you don't have to be a child development expert. God calls us to just say, okay, God, what can I do with these children that I have? Eventually our little ones grow up and they can lift the washing machine themselves, but... It's still God that gives them the strength to do it. Without Christ, we are dead. No strength, no wisdom, nothing to offer anyone. Lift up your heads, fathers. Jesus wants to lighten your load today by letting you know that he wants to walk with you. And together you will carry the weight of those responsibilities that he's given you. 
Maybe you can lift a pound like Liam and he'll, he'll, he'll do the 99 more. You don't have to be able to do 50 or 60 or the whole thing and only just need a little bit of God's help. It doesn't really matter. This is how God shares His glory with us. As we go back to Luke 11, it says, it, 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 it says the same thing this way. It says, it came to pass when he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased to pray, his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, pray our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, some people think that God's just everyone's father, but he's not so. Not everyone's father. In fact, there are some people, he looked at them and he said, your father, the devil. Did he not? It's a very special thing to be a child of God. He said it this way. In the sense that we are sons and daughters of God, some may say the fatherhood of God is universal and that every man from the fact of his being Created by God is necessarily God's son and therefore every man has the right to approach the throne of God. No, he doesn't. Our Father which art in heaven, Spurgeon said, to this I must demure. I believe that in this prayer we are to come before God looking upon him not as our father through creation, but as our father through adoption and the new birth. Creation does not necessarily imply fatherhood. I believe God has made many things. That are not his children. He hath not made the heavens. Has he not made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the fullness thereof? You say these are not rational, intelligent beings, but he made the angels who stand in enmity, high and holy in position. But remember what it says in Hebrews: Unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son? None of them. It asked the question. There was something that, and sometimes when I need uh, a little inspiration, I read a little Spurgeon, something that he, he said, I t- I'm telling you right now, there's no way I can, I can embellish him without, or, or I, can, uh, I can say this without giving credit to who saw it because I didn't see it. He says, in the phrase, our father, he says, there's something in that phrase you might miss. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I mean, it's only two words. How, how, how blind can I be, right? He says, our father talks about our relationship with God as being a father, but the word our is important. And he goes, there's two things in that statement. One is brotherhood and the other is fatherhood. Now, you may not see where I'm going and Spurgeon didn't go here, but I'll go here with it. You know something that helps me out when I'm feeling discouraged and, and, and when I'm trying to figure out how to be the right kind of dad? I need to remember that little Rebecca here, yep, she's my little girl. But you know what she also is? She's my sister. One day she'll be a woman. She won't be my little girl. I will be her daddy and all that. But she's my sister. My boys... They're my brothers. And I love them. And, you know, I have all these, I had all these thoughts and wishes, you know, about how they might look at me. But they get to be my brothers and my sisters. And I look at them and I say, how can I help my brother love the father? How can I do this? 
And you know what? I can be discouraged that they don't look at me the way that I wished my kids would look at me. But my real hope should be, do they look at God as their father? Do they obey him? Do they honor him with their lives? And do they want to serve him? And do they want the life that he offers them? And when I see that is what they do want, it's not really that discouraging. All of my kids love God. So what if they don't like me so much? All of my kids do seem to honor and respect the Lord. And that should be what makes me most happy. Amen? I was part of a family where, you know, my grandpa, when he came in the room, people acted a certain way. And and when he came, no one sat down at the table until he did. And people were terrified of him. And I know that may sound like a horrible example. And I think it kind of maybe is. I wanted to be a grandpa. But instead, I get to be a Mark. I, Liam calls me Pastor Mark. Isn't that funny? He's following me around the other day. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. And I'm like, how about, how about dad? Exalted one old dad. And, you know, whatever. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark. Our father. You know, thinking of my children as brothers and sisters. I was with Brandon Mantell and... He's got some older kids and he was encouraging me. He says, you know, he says in our life, he says, we can do so much with our children. He says, but God does all the other stuff. He said, at some point, you've got to look at your kids and you've got to quit treating them like your little kids. And you've got to say, hey, you know what? Daddy's not going to be there to, to sanctify you like I tried as when you were young. You and God are going to have to work that out. I hope you work that out. That's kind of unburdened me quite a bit. You could have told me that, Steve. Holding out. I'm like beating my head on a pole, you know. If I went into how how bad I've misunderstood this lately, you'd probably be ashamed of me. But I think there's something right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing it better now. To see our children as our brothers and our sisters. I mean, Steve, you know what? God is going to hold you accountable for what you did, not what they did in response. God will look at your children and he'll say, hey, Nevaeh, you know what? I gave you this dad. And this is what he was and whatever. But but it's what I gave you. It was yours. All right. And now what'd you do with it? Now, Steve wants it to be all great. Right. But the deal is, is all the pressure's not on you. All the pressure's not on me. I mean, I look at what, I want them to have the best things and I want them to this and I want that. And God says, I gave them you. I'm the one who gave them you. What they needed in a dad wasn't this great man. What they needed was you. You see, it's our pride that causes us to be discouraged, Luke, because we want to be great. And God says, yeah, there is someone great and it isn't you. It's me. And I think if we can pass on to our children the greatness of God, and if we can show them that we're willing to take up our family and move them from Rhode Island all the way across so they can be around people that love you, dude, that's great. But you can't, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. Your kids will. They they don't. In fact, I was thinking, you know, I probably make it hard for them to honor me and to respect me in all kinds of ways. But I'm the dad God gave them. They didn't get another one. And that shouldn't be discouraging. I must be the right one. God doesn't make mistakes. 
And so that's what they needed. I think we feel too much pressure that, you know, somehow it's a mark on us if our children don't turn out exactly the way we want them, if they don't think of us the way we want if whatever happens, I'm telling you, I think we just take too much on ourselves. If you're not old enough to have done that, if you're still at the stage where you think if you whack them enough with a stick, they're going to honor you, uh, you'll, you'll learn better than that when you get older. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone that's indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It is God our Father in heaven whose name should be hallowed. We can rest that in fathers, when our name is not hallowed, that His name is. It is in God our Father in heaven whose kingdom will come. The kingdom He is building no matter what. That the gates of hell shall not prevail against. You may not build the Foise dynasty. You may not build the great Hatfield chicken empire or whatever it is. But God's kingdom will come and His will will be done. And the devil will not stop it. And your weakness is not going to stop it. And what God is going to do in your children is greater than what you have done in their lives. You are merely carrying the little weight that seems to you like you're carrying it all. But God Almighty is doing the work that you can't do. Andy, you are going to be faced with trying to do a great deal of work that seems impossible. Your children, uh, if they haven't already completely lost control and you think they're like gone crazy, you know, you go out of town and you're trying to do work and you come back to the hotel room and you're like, they're killing each other and they're not honoring each other and they won't listen to their, their sisters and I want to just beat the fire out of all of them and I feel like I'm failing. Is it? God is saying, you know what? The father that they have is the right one. And although you can only lift this much, I can lift everything. I'm telling you. Now, Andy won't make a good enough face at me now to let me know that he already feels that way. But if he doesn't, I hope he gets to that point soon so he can rest a little bit. So he can trust God. I told, I was trying to explain this to my wife. She laments because she's sick. We're, we're, man, our kids would be so much different. I, our home would be this. And we could be such better at this. And we could do so much better for the church. And, she, and I'm just like, honey, give it a rest. You can do what you can do. God is supposed to do the rest. It's like, you know, we live like, we, we believe like Calvinists, but we live like Arminians and we drive ourselves insane. I know I do. Because as I'm telling her that, I'm, I'm over here going, I'm saying I'm not a good dad. I really wish I could have been a better dad and I wish my kids really, really respected me. Yeah. I'm probably the worst Arminian in the whole church. It is God our Father in heaven who gives us our daily needs. Let us rest in this instead of sweating like Gentiles, seeking our own and failing, seeking to get our kids the best of everything and feeling like failures when we don't get the best of what we think they need. God knows what they need more than we do. Let us be leaders. Let us not be leaders who get discouraged chasing what we can never catch anyway. It is God our Father in heaven who forgives sins, gives us power to do the same. Let us rest in that instead of fretting, becoming bitter against our children and treating for treating one another and our wives badly. Only God can lead them to repentance. It is His kindness that will lead them to repentance as He has led you and I. You know, our kids are being raised as Christians, but they're going to have to come to Christ. 
We're, we're, we've, we've baptized them. We've made them a part of the church, but we cannot add them to the number in heaven. Only God can do that. We can't make them love Him. We can't make them honor Him. We can't make them obey Him, but we can love and honor, obey Him, and do our very best. And we can lead, try our best to lead them. And I'm telling you, if we can rest in that today, then we can rest. I don't know about you, but I've needed a little rest. I'll try to wind down here. He said in verse 5, he said, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. And a friend of mine, his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And, he, and from within shall he answer and say, Trouble me not, for the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I can't give you. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give them because... Will he not rise and give him because he's his friend? Yet because of the importunity, he will rise and give them as many as he needs. You know, God is a friend of your children and to them. Like he was to Abraham, God can be their friend too. I mean, you know, I want to be my kids' friends. You know, I, I was never, I was not, I could never get in the cool circle at, at school. I was never there. And I know you've heard me mention this before, and I know it's probably hard to believe, you know, as wonderful as you guys all know that I am, but I could never quite get in that. I didn't, I didn't know how to manage that. And it was always frustrating. Like, why don't they like me? I mean, I liked myself so much, I figured they should too. I'm like, I'm like the nicest guy. Like, but they, they won't let me in. I'm not cool enough, you know? And sometimes I feel like this, you know, even in my own house. And I want my kids to be my friends. I'm telling you this. You know... Your, your kids don't have, you don't have to be friends with your kids. God hasn't called that. Wouldn't that be a great benefit if you were? But I'll tell you what, if you lead them to the friend that sticks closer than a brother, you're doing them more of a favor than you ever are trying to be their friend. I'd love to be their friends. Maybe I'll be their friends later when they, when they you know, get older and they're in a situation, they're going, oh my goodness, I don't know what kind of dad I had. We are temporary fathers to our children, and He is the permanent one. You know, I had this thought earlier as we, I was up on the pulpit here. We were preparing for service, and early on I started this organization called the Family Foundation. And I think I had something, I think I had something messed up about it. I was calling it the Family Foundation because I always thought that the family was the foundation of the church. And I think that's wrong. It's the church that is the foundation for the family. And I think if we seek to have good homes so that we can have good churches, I think that we are not going to have good church. But I think if we sought to have a God-honoring church, that our homes would be different. I know that sounds, maybe you don't even understand the nuance of what I'm saying. But many of us be, have become very family-centered and very family-centric and not understood that this, this time in our lives is a brief time. It is a time that will go away. And if our church is built on these families that are very transient and that will spread out, but the church will not. This church will be here when our families are not intact the way they are right now. It is the church that is the foundation for the family. And we need to nurture it. And we need to love it. And we need to keep coming to it. 
And we need to keep honoring God. Because when we do, then our children will have a place to come home to when they go away. I'll read the rest of what Luke had to say. He said the same thing that Matthew said, only a little different. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a fish? Will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or shall he ask an egg? Will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? You want to give good gifts, don't you? But how much more? How much more? How much more does God want to do that? How much more does God want something for Nathaniel and for Benjamin and Elizabeth and Rebecca and my kid? How much more does God want that than me? He wants it so much more. And I think it's time at least for me and my family, for me to decrease and for me to just love God and to do my best and to not be so frustrated that I'm not more than what I am. I just am, as Popeye says, I am what I am and I is what I is. And I can't be anything else than that. Neither can you. You can't be that, you know, that pretend dad, that pretend dad, you know, that pretend vision forum dad that does it all right. He, there isn't one of those. That's, that's make-believe. But there, I can tell you something that's not make-believe. is our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be His name. His kingdom will come. And His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. Lord, as a father, it's emotional to talk about you as father. Because I did have a good dad, but my dad let me down. But I guess he didn't really let me down any more than I let my children down. I could be sad about that. But Lord, I'm happy that you have not let us down and will not. That every one of us are sinners. My dad, me. That we are weak. But your word encourages me that in your weakness. That in my weakness, Lord, you become strong. That your grace is sufficient for my children and for me. It's bad enough to be weak for myself, but to be weak for my children is kind of unbearable in my own mind. But Lord, you have led me to this place to understand that even my weakness for my children is a gift to them. Because in my weakness, Lord, you can be strong. Lord, be the strength of the children of this church and let the fathers rest in your strength. Let them trust in you. Lead us and guide us to... Be more thankful and less prideful and to enjoy the great gifts and these beautiful brothers and sisters that are little children maybe now, but one day will be the brothers and sisters that we attend church with, that we walk side by side building up the kingdom. 
they'll probably be carrying the washing machines. Help us, oh God, Lord, to see it this way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.